0: Let's begin today's discussion.
1: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones. Welcome to
0: Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Kristen Bryan. Kristen, along with her twin sister, launched the Chef Sisters, a media company focused on creating content and marketing both food and beverage brands and restaurants. After a 15-year marketing career stemming Back to managing national partnerships with Plum District and Groupon, to founding a direct marketing company focused on businesses founded by women entrepreneurs, Kristen found a new way to use her storytelling skills to focus on the culinary industry to create food content, recipe development, product partnerships, food photography, marketing, and product reviews. Today, we're going to talk about both the importance of creating a content strategy for your brand and the pros and cons of massively changing career paths, especially for women. We'll learn what's worked from Kristen's perspective? What should be avoided, and how some people somewhat miss the mark? Kristen, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'd love to start off and have you share a little bit about what got you to here today, because you have had the journey of journeys.
1: Yes, I have. <laughs> um, it's been a long journey, but a fun, uh, exciting, bumpy road at yep. times, uh, but. To just get sort of um, keep it short and, and simple, it I started out as a as a um, a marketer um, and mostly sales and marketing, developing partnerships, uh, developing sales and marketing teams, and I specifically worked with startup space. Love startups. Um, I launched my career in a startup that eventually uh, was was acquired and um, that sort of gave me the taste for building things and really just, you know, bootstrapping your way into um, a really successful business. So I got the bug young and started working with uh, startup companies, helping them develop their sales teams. And then, then I started working with them on developing marketing and uh, it just Sort of transformed itself. Um, I found myself working with companies like Plum District, which was a Kleiner Perkins company in San Francisco, and then Groupon, and then launching my own career, uh, my own, excuse me, my own um, company, and it's been a it's been a great road. And then I decided to uh, change career paths and use my marketing background to uh, help develop the Chef Sisters Media.
0: Well, and, you know, we were talking before this podcast, I think your career path actually completely led you to this point where you've been able to leverage. To me, it's not really Mm -hmm. that you got off a career path. It's you learned how to build national partnerships and strategies with Mm -hmm. other partners. And that's so important for all the clients that you work with. And you've learned how to actually do marketing in Mm -hmm. general. And Mm -hmm. and that's what you're doing now too. So Mm -hmm. this is just another... That you're on the next step on it. It is, it
1: is. And I think really where the, those skills were honed was when I worked for Plum District and Groupon, especially Plum, Plum District, we were really a Groupon for moms. And although the company is no longer in business, um, they were acquired and then absorbed by other companies, which happens in the startup space quite a bit. Um, but the women entrepreneurs that we worked with were so inspiring to me and they were innovative and creative and smart. Um, and they developed these, these products that just blew me away. I, I would, I would, I would get them on my desk and I would think, Oh my goodness, I would have never thought of this. This is fantastic. And what surprised me was how many of them didn't know, okay, I've got it. I don't know what to do with it. How do I tell people about it? And everybody's first reaction is, Oh, I put it on social media, but, and that's, I mean, that is actually, it's a good start, but, but there's so much more to do before you put it out on social media and I, I just fell in love with these, these women entrepreneurs and, and they inspired me um, and my entire team who I had a team of moms working for me who are brilliant, um, uh, you know, business women And they would bring me all of these fantastic entrepreneurs and we would set up these campaigns for them through the company. And it was just this really fascinating, inspiring time in my life where I realized how much uh, is needed out there for people who have all these great creative ideas, and they really have a, some, a product they can take to market. They just don't know what to do with it once they get it there. So uh, that really inspired me to, to double down and learn as much as I could about what works and what doesn't work.
0: So what does work? Well, we start off there. Like when you're <laughs> working with your clients. When you're working, you know you're a media company. You have different clients. You are, you know, specializing in the culinary, beverage, food, restaurant space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the lessons that you have to teach really transcend those spaces and, and can be topical to everyone. But what does work? What do people need to keep in mind when um, they're trying to get out who they are and what they do? You
1: know the. The first thing I say is be authentic. You, you are the only you, and you develop this product. It's your product, your restaurant. Um, it's yours. No one else has it. So be authentic. The second thing is um, be of service to the customer and know who your customer is. So those are really the top three things. Know who your customer is, be authentic, and then be of service to your customer. And when you keep those three things in mind, marketing is fairly simple. You just have to follow those few few bullet points, basically, and go back to those every time. So if you develop a campaign for social media, ask yourself, is it authentic? Is it really us? Or did someone talk me into being this? Um, you know, I I will say, one of my favorite authors is Seth Godin, uh, Godin, excuse me. And uh, his book, um, This Is Marketing, I'm, have you, I'm sure, have you read it? Yeah. Sure read it? I'm sure everybody has read that because he is amazing. But you know, he has a, um, he has something that I always tell people who are asking me, how do I market this product? Um, I have a customer or not, not a customer, but a client who just launched a uh, or he's going to be launching a very specific website and it's very e-commerce driven. And, and um, you have to, in fact, I actually wrote it down. You have to ask yourself these questions. Um, I will focus on people who want what Uh, my product is for people who believe. And I promise that engaging with what I make will help you get X. So those, I, I think that, um, you know, everybody who went to, to school and studied marketing and there's there's all kinds of technical and analytical and data capturing that has to go along with all of this. But when it comes right down to it, you do have to ask yourself questions about who your consumer is and what you can do for them and how your product, um, Will benefit their life.
0: And I think one of the first points that you were making about social media, you know, not having someone talk you into the campaign to run, is you have to look at it not only, you know, is that, you know, a campaign that I would run, but is this a campaign that any of my competitors could run and yes. just switch out our names? So, what do you do to actually make it yours?
1: That is such a good point. I mean, that that is an incredibly good point. So to make it yours, you of course, um, marketing one one have to have a point of difference from your competitors, but you also have to have your own voice. And uh, you know, a lot of people I think are afraid of putting their voice into their marketing, but that's what makes you special. Um, A friend of mine who is not a client, she's absolutely amazing. She's from Medellin, Colombia, and she came here. She uh, was actually part of uh, an internship program. I met her, and she went back to Colombia and started her own uh, acai company. She, She makes acai food products, and she's all her own. I mean, there is no one like Valentina. She is... She is just vibrant and every bit of social media that she puts out there, you can tell it's, it's Valentina because it's, it's her, it's, um, and it's unapologetic, you know, it is her. So she doesn't care that, uh, she has very strong beliefs about things. She puts it out there. You know, she, she feels extremely, um, she feels extremely strong about being a vegan, and I think there's a, an incredibly uh, wide scope of of consumers out there who love what she does and who who would buy her product because of that. so her product isn't necessarily just a ve- for vegans, but she does she puts a lot of um, amazing content out for people who really want that lifestyle and and then she puts her stamp on it i mean she 's colorful and vibrant and um, everything she does is you, you can t- actually, every social media post she has, has in, this incredible, incredible color. So you, you really just have to be authentic. You have to, you have to figure out who you are and make sure that your social media reflects who you are and who you feel that product and what, what that product should should say to your consumer.
0: And one of the specialties of your company is that you are very focused on making sure the pretty the pictures are pretty, right? Yes. Because that's part of the content also, especially within the culinary world, because mm-hmm. ugly food means no one is going to want to try something. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when you're doing that, when you're looking at, you know, creating pretty pictures, is there any sort of guidance that you can give of, you know, how are you trying to make sure the product is focused and you know featured how are you making sure the layouts there what are what are you trying to keep in mind you know i'm not saying crop it here or, you know lay it out here right. your background, but what are you trying to look specifically around product marketing photos um when you're when you're creating
1: you know product marketing photos need to not just be a picture of the product but how they're being used mm-hmm. so if um your if you have a chicken dish and your client is a a local farmer uh then you want to make that chicken look so incredibly edible and tantalizing that that people want to go buy that chicken instantly so it's really about how how this consumer sees it in uh in that picture i always love for it to be presented in a way that looks like I had just put it on my family's table, or I was having friends over for dinner, and this is what I was giving, I, you know, I was feeding them, and this was on the menu, um, because that's just, that's exciting, it's fun, you want to dig in, you know, grab a fork and taste it, so you, you always want to make sure it looks as if you're going to use it, or, or, or actually consume it. Um, you know, if it's hand lotion, you want to make it look like you really want to put that lotion on, <laughs> you know? So there's, there's a lot to, especially food, food photography is extremely tricky when it comes to lighting and uh, you never want to shoot a picture with regular light in your kitchen, for example. Um, and I always tell chefs who are taking pictures of their food to put on social media, if you have to stick it by your front door, you know, or by a windowsill, and take a picture with your iPhone, because it works.
0: <laughs> right, so the natural light element actually is oh, in there.
1: Yes, definitely works.
0: Awesome, well, what are other things that people should be keeping in mind when they're off to the races and developing content for their brand and trying to figure out how to market it to their audience?
1: Well, you know, first of all, make sure you know who your key consumer is or your audience is. Um, and understand them. And I know that that's, that is not a fun, especially if you're not, if you're not an analytical mind, you really have a very creative mind and you don't like the analytics involved or the data, you really have to think that through. And you do need to understand who are they, how do they live their life? Um, If you have a restaurant, how many times, how many times do your patrons go out to dinner every week? Um, of course, now that's a whole different story. There's a, you know, we have to change the way that's thought, but, but, or how often do you order food? Um, you need to understand that about your customer and you need to know who they are. Are they, do they typically come in with their families? Do they come in alone? Is it typically a date night? Um, but you just have to understand who your consumer is first and then develop your campaign around elements of that consumer um, so that you know that you're fulfilling a need for them.
0: And you know, the things that you do for companies are not just on social media. You all are actually creating books for them. Yeah. You're creating other content and blogs mm-hmm. and writing. And mm-hmm. so all of that's part of their overall content strategy of creating a platform for people to learn about them.
1: Yes. I mean, it, you know, sharing a bio is important. So, you you know, if you have, if you're launching a new food product, why, you know, why are you launching a new food product? The other thing I would say is a lot of, I notice a lot of people launch social media, but there's no landing page. So let's say you go to their website, you really can't figure out why they launched that product. Well, write a story about it. Why, why did you decide to create the product and then take people to the story so that they can read about you and about the product and then take them to the page where they can buy it. So I always recommend having this landing page where you've created a story. And if you don't write, find someone who can write for you. Have them interview you and write the story. And there are content writers everywhere who would love to you know, write a story on you. Um, that is a, that's a really great way to start your social media or marketing process.
0: And in writing the story, you're also getting to turn her in really and figure out what your story is, Right, like, like what are the cool things about you mm-hmm. and what could you be marketing on and what can you be expanding on and why should people know about it? So writing a story, it, it helps you actually come down to who you are as a brand.
1: It does. It does. And interestingly enough, it promotes questions, which allow you to find out more about the people who want to buy your product. So that in and of itself is is great data. And, I mean, you do you, you have to, and if you put it out there, you just you have to be able to capture the information that's coming back. So be prepared for that. Um, but digital cookbooks as well are are fun. Uh, we found great way to, great ways for companies to show the, show off their product, um, and so creating small snippets of Uh, recipes that you could use their product for or um, even taking a digital cookbook and writing a story around one product those are and then give it give it away for free Um, you know or use it we've actually done a couple of things with the James Beard Foundation we have two digital cookbooks right now where the proceeds benefit the open for good um Campaign that James Beard is doing for independent restaurants and we completely 100% believe in what they're what they're doing and they're supporting restaurants small family restaurants. Um, And so, you know, even even creating a product that's that's really it's not too terribly in depth, but it gives that it gives people something to purchase, even if it's a small amount of money, and hold on to and read about and keep and and know they did some good. Um, So, you know, that type of marketing, social response, you know, corporate responsibility type marketing is is good as well. Um, And you can use a lot of content for that.
0: Is there anything else that you can think of that people should be keeping in mind?
1: Oh, Well, I would say marketing is not a one size fits all. So, you know, I, I, I really take time to delve into the product and the person behind the product or the company behind it, the brand before putting a strategy together and a strategy is um, important as well. You know, making sure every content, um, Every, every piece of content that goes out there should be part of a strategy. So I would recommend making sure that you have a plan in place.
0: And I think you've been fairly successful for my digging. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> we haven't <laughs> talked about this, so this could just go sideways right now. Yeah. But you've been very uh, successful in, and again, with your partnerships background in finding brands to partner with other Mm -hmm. entities. So like with restaurants or, you know, having a food brand, having an opportunity to create these collaborations, that's Mm -hmm. something that you've done, right?
1: I did with my sister. Yes. Yeah. Karista, she has been a chef for 15, 16 years now. Mm -hmm. And she started, um, I started helping her with her content Mm -hmm. before we even opened up the media company. And one of the things we, I told her is, you know, I, I she is really good at creating recipes. And I said, why don't you just take these products and start creating these really unique recipes with these particular products? And she did. And then uh, it's, she didn't really solicit a lot of those. A lot of them came to her yeah. because they, the brand saw, Hey, you know this is great we'd love to use this um so then she had a platform a base and now we go out and we can say this is what we can do for you um in fact she just became the uh the the i guess the face of the oregon blueberry commission (laughs) (laughs) because of that so um and it's you know it's exciting actually um to be able to partner with those brands Uh, And we're, we're also pretty cautious about the ones we partner with because we really want to work with brands we believe in and we use ourselves. And that goes back to being authentic and being truly who you are um, and, and doing things that you believe in Uh, because people, you know, you can't, you, you can't fake that Um, you, you marketing has to be real. People will know (laughs) if you're not real.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, it's good advice and good insight with what you all are doing because so many people hear the word influencer marketing and they just think, oh, it's going to be a picture of someone holding my product smiling and it's Mm -hmm. on their Instagram feed. But it goes so beyond that where you have partnerships that dive into like the cookbooks you were talking about or who can, you know, she's the face of the Oregon blueberry, you know, so she's obviously creating pictures and content and talking mm-hmm. about what they're doing and creating recipes around blueberries. Yes. I'm sure there's a lot of recipes you can do mm-hmm. uh, and creating social media content and videos right. and all of that becomes part of that authenticity and that organic, you know, share that you can do on your brand, food, wine, restaurant yes, platform. Yes, absolutely.
1: And it's, uh, it's just really important to be sure that you're, you're, when you work with those brands or you have your own product and you want to find someone to represent your brand, that, that you know that they believe in it and that they are going to represent you or put something together that, that is really who you are. So um, I I think that's the key. And and influencers are great. I think that is an important part of marketing. Um, You know, I wouldn't call us, I I don't know that we really do a whole lot of that, but I would say uh, it is important to make sure if you have an influencer or you do any influencer marketing, that you really understand that product and get to the core of what that product is and what it means to you. Because if it really, if you can say or articulate what it means to you. It probably means the same thing to a lot of other people. And when you make that connection with that consumer, boom, you you make a sale.
0: Yeah. And when, and really you all are doing influencer marketing, you're just the influencer,
1: yeah, so, well that's true. I guess. I I I. it's hard for me to see it That You know, it's hard for me to see it on that side, but yeah, yeah. you're right.
0: <laughs> but but that is what y'all are doing in that yeah. case. And you know, we work with clients, one of our clients is Passion Roses. And we go out and we make sure, I mean beautiful, gorgeous roses. Who does not oh, want roses, right? Wow. Everyone wants roses. Mm-hmm. They're from Bogota, Colombia, they're hand wow. cut, they're flown in overnight. I mean, the freshest that you fresh, they last two to three weeks. Phenomenal roses. So mm. it's not a hard thing to get influencers to get yeah. excited about working with them, right? It's sure. like, who does not want roses? roses? <laughs> and every Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Someone does. But what we do with them is, you know, we're on the you know their Instagram feeds or their social feeds, but even more importantly, and, and that's important to drive awareness for the company, right. but we're working with influencers from a wide range of backgrounds who again speak the authenticity of the brand, who are going to be someone who mirrors the, you know, the look, the feel of what that brand's looking for. But we actually have those influencers creating content and taking extra photos, extra videos that the brand can then use on their social feed. I and this love is something that. that restaurants can do and food right. brands can do, because you do not have to be in charge of creating all of your content if you find third parties who will do this for Mm -hmm. you and give you some extra content, whether you're paying them doing trade, whatever level, how you're doing Mm -hmm. it, it's worth it. You do not have to be the content factory doing everything on your feed. And it's nice having that variety.
1: It really is because you get, you get, you get, um, you get a diverse, uh, look and feel, and that's wonderful. And, you know, for restaurants, even I have always said, take some of your best customers and Talk to them, do a video, ask them questions in front of that video in camera. Um, I love, I love testimonials uh, because if someone is really hot for a product, uh, that can, that can just be winning content. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's fa- fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous.
0: And there's lots of solutions out there. I mean, you can find people who are so niche into the food industry as an influencer. So many. That, so many but it's not just about getting on their feed. They love creating content and they're good at creating content Mm -hmm. and taking photos and doing all of that. So there's lots of people out there who are smart.
1: Oh, there are. And, and, uh, you know, one of the cookbooks we did, um, our home chefs, but two of the home chefs are food bloggers. And they worked so hard at creating, what they wanted to put into this cookbook. Um, Krista and I did none of the recipes in this, but this second cookbook that we just put out there, these were all home chefs and food bloggers. Um, What a fun, fun thing we did. I mean, it was just so outrageously fun. We, We became this little team and then the result was a lot of people had no idea. Number one, the foundation was doing this for restaurants and then the food bloggers were, who are influencers as well, were able to share this with their, um, you know, with their followers. So it was great content for them, uh, great for the foundation. And it's, it's just, you know, it, it almost is like a spider web. It just keeps going and going and going. Um, because there's so many people that are able to now touch it. So I, I think that, you know, uh, creating and and they w- they do things differently than I would have done them. So I loved the diversity behind it. Um, it, it has their spin on it uh, and their look and feel. Mm-hmm. So it it created something really unique.
0: One of the topics you and I were talking about earlier, which is so far from marketing, is career path changes, especially for women in mid career. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a lot of insights on that.
1: I do, I do. I, um, I'm actually writing a book about it. So at Mm -hmm. some point I'll share that with you (laughs) whenever I have the time to finish this. Um, you know, it started when I had my own company and had to make the decision. I'd launched my own company and and had it for three years and it was, it was one of the, one of the highlights of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, it was also a huge learning experience because I, as a, as a woman, I found so much feminine bias in the venture capital world. And I didn't realize, I was, I guess, naive to that. Um, and I could not, could not compete with my closest competitor, which was huge. And uh, decided, you know, my, the venture capital was not coming in. I kept getting really... Um, really tough comments from VC firms and the male-dominated industry. And only about five to six percent of women entrepreneurs get VC capital right now. So it's a tough situation for women. Um, But I fought the good fight and it didn't come through. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to spend the next three years, 24-7, you know, trying to to do this and not see my kids and my husband. And, you know, so I, I transitioned uh, out of that business and I thought, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take some time and do what I love. And I love to cook and I had been working with my sister who taught me technically everything I know in the kitchen um, and helped her, I was helping her with private chef work and recipe development anyway on the side. And um, she graduated from culinary school. I did not. Um, so it was really an, uh, one of those situations where I thought, you know, I think I'm going to do more of this. And then we, she started pulling me in on some of the projects she couldn't complete or didn't have time for. And then I took over with the marketing side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sort of developed from there. It was scary at, at first, uh, because it was a very different world. Um, but then I even jumped into it more. I told, I called her one day and said, look, I think I'm going to try to get a job in a restaurant. And she's like, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're going from like the boardroom into a uh, commercial engine
0: <laughs> into the fire. <laughs>
1: yeah. Have fun with that. Um, but you go girl. So, uh, so I applied and I, I actually was hired. Um, and, Still work for um, a uh, signature restaurant for a theme park in Orlando. Yeah.
0: Um, a very big theme park. A very Orlando. big park.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and yes. wow! Oh wow! I've been there almost two years. Uh, the learning, the learning was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, what you have to do when you change careers is be fearless. And the you know there are so many moments where look I. I could just crush a marketing campaign. But when you have dinner service for 500 plus, um, and you're creating this elevated cuisine, and you have an executive chef yelling at you across the the pass, um, it's a very different story. And then all of a sudden you start feeling really insecure and thinking, can I do this? I mean, what was I thinking? And I'm a middle-aged mom of four. <laughs> what was I thinking? And, but all of a sudden, you know, you just have to get a little grit and not be afraid and say to yourself, I'm doing this for me. You know, I'm, I'm doing this for me. I am widening my scope. I will be a better mom, better wife, better person, better friend, uh, better aunt, better everything uh, if, if I grow. And so I'm going to grow. And it's, it's tough. But um, once you get over that hump, it's great because you, you feel the success, you know, you feel the relief that you got through it, but also what you've learned is amazing. So I would encourage anybody who wants to make that transition. Don't be afraid because as middle-aged women, I think we look at ourselves and we say, who's going to hire me now? You know, I am, you know, forties, fifties, who's going to hire me? There's like a 28 year old out there who can, you know,
0: work. Energizer bunny.
1: That's right. (laughs) And, um, you know, but don't, don't say that. Don't say it to yourself because what you bring to the table is maturity and emotional intelligence. Um, you bring skills that you had prior to this, which will definitely reflect in your job performance. So I would encourage anyone who's thinking about changing, in transitioning into a new career, go for it. Absolutely. Go for it.
0: Those are awesome words of wisdom. Thanks. Thank you. Is there, so how can people learn more about you? How can people learn more about Yell's company? If they want to reach out, they're like, I have a restaurant. I need help.
1: <laughs> well, if you just, you can actually go to our website and my email is on there. You don't have to, type in customer service or anything it's Kristen at the Chefsisters.com. um and you can email me directly um we also we do have form you can fill out if you want to and be that formal that's fine or you can just send me an email <laughs>
0: perfect that's easy enough and this information will also be in our show notes on our podcast if anyone wants help in finding where you're at perfect any last words? I know we have to wrap up. So any last words that you could share of insight on either topic? I mean, they're both great topics on marketing, on career path changes.
1: You know, I would just say um, I'm a huge fan of uh, and proponent of women-owned businesses. And so um, like yours, I I just, uh, you know, if I could ever be of any support, um, I don't have any trouble um, responding to emails. If you have any questions, I'm, you know, more than happy to answer a few questions by email or even have a chat on the phone. I had a lot of women while I was working and in, in building my company Had a lot of women who gave me advice, really, really good advice. And it was free advice. So I will repay that to any, anybody who, who needs it.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. thank thank you you for having me on
0: of course well thank you for sharing all of your insights today and your time with us and i look forward to having you you know in the future we'll chat again Um, absolutely for your time
1: i appreciate it thanks so much
0: and then to all of our listeners thank you for tuning in to marketing mistakes and how to avoid them i will chat with you on our next podcast until then be safe